We asked him what he enjoys most about his job, where he's at right now in his career. And the way that he answered that question on a phone call earlier today totally surprised me. And I want to share with you the question, his response, and why I can't stop thinking about it today. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. What separates you from some of the most successful, effective senior executives of large corporations that we get a chance to coach and consult and have been doing so for for a long time? Like, what's the difference between what they do, what's on their mind, their habits, their priorities, the way they think, the way they lead teams, and you? That's what we're digging into in this beta group that we're putting through the lead in 30 challenge coming up in January. You've only got a few more days, you all to register for this. And we're heavily, heavily discounting it to only $197. So if it's not you, are there a couple of high performers or high potentials on your team that you think, man, I should put them into this. This would be a great opportunity for me to show um, my investment in their leadership development. Go to leadin30.com. And you've only got a few more days at the time I'm recording this in mid-December to register. Think of it like a 30-day fitness challenge, but for leadership. And you need to be able to devote, whoever's going to do it, whether it's you or somebody on your team, you need to be able to devote about two to three hours um, a week to to the coursework as well as the the live weekly group coaching session. I well, We are so jacked about this, and we're going to charge a ton more about, a ton more for it after the beta group. So if you want in for the discount, um, we'd love to have you. It kicks off the first week of January. You've got to be registered in the next few days. Leadin30.com. All right. Welcome in to the Culture Hacks podcast. I'm Russ Hill. Make my living coaching executives, helping leadership teams get clarity and alignment so they can accelerate results. You can find out more about our organization at Lead at no. That's a lead in 30 is for the cohort challenge. You go to lead in 30.com for that. And you go to lone rock consulting.com. If you want to find out more about what our firm does with leadership teams. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about this call that we had this morning. So this is with a, uh, a senior leader of a, um, you all, I'm so sorry that I have to be vague and in, in, when, when telling these stories sometimes, but at least I get to share the experiences. I, before I had this podcast, I'd have all, I'd have all these experiences and I had no outlet, no platform to talk about it. So I'd have these experiences and like have, be able to tell two or three people that I, you know, that I either live with or are closely associated with and everybody else wouldn't get to hear about it. Now I get to share this with thousands of you around the world. And, uh, and, and so I don't get to get into lots of detail, but I, hopefully there's still value in sharing these observations. So, um, coaching call this, uh, this morning, Jared and I from our firm had this call and a senior leader oversees tens of thousands of people. And, uh, and he's been in this role for gosh, um, I want to say a year somewhere around there. I may have that wrong, but not, not a super long time. He was promoted into this role. He's been working his way up the, this company for a while. And we started the call. By asking him, we've 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 had a chance to interact with them on site quite a bit in the last few weeks. Um, him and his his leadership team, and um, we asked him, "Hey, you know what? We haven't asked you this before, but right now, where you're at in your career, what 
what do you enjoy most about the role you're in and the place you're at in your career and what, what, what sucks about it? Like, what, what do you enjoy least about it? So he, he didn't even hesitate when we asked the question and he said, um, this was his answer. It's so interesting. And then I'm going to go into more depth on this and really, um, share some inner thoughts you all that I've had about this. And I hope there's value to you. He's, this is what he said. You know what I enjoy most right now is I feel like I'm almost there. I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm almost comfortable, completely comfortable being myself. Isn't that interesting? Senior executive, probably, um, 50 years old, you know, mid, mid, mid forties to mid fifties. And, um, and, and, you know, has, has a few kids and, and, uh, and leads this team of tens of thousands and a, a business division that does billions of dollars in, in revenue. And he's most proud of what he enjoys most about his job at this stage in his career is I feel like I'm almost completely comfortable. In fact, he, he talked about a recent meeting where he was in front of hundreds of his leaders and he said, I, that was the most authentic I've ever been like that. That's, that was me. You saw me be emotional, laughing, belly laughing. You saw me get emotional and tear up a few times. I, I, I wasn't that scripted. I like, that was me. I, I, I wasn't trying to, he didn't say it this way, but, um, he wasn't trying to impress anyone. He wasn't, there was no ego involved or very little ego it was just, this is who I am. And this is. And I, that got me really thinking, you all, it's so interesting that where that got me going is, and we shared this feedback with them on the call today. We said, you know, one of the reasons that we're working with you and your organization and your team, because we're turning down some business, some companies that, that want to hire us. It's one of the things I love most about owning the company is you get to do that, um, which is way cool. And, uh, and we're not, we're not hard pressed for business. We're, at, we're, 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 we're at a situation where we're, we spend more time focused on what we're not going to do and wh- who we're not going to bring on as clients than we do considering how we're going to pursue additional business, which, uh, is, is a really, really blessed state to be in really fortunate. We're, we're really grateful for that. I am, I'm grateful for that. And it's not lost on me that that that's a huge blessing. And, um, and, and, and we were sharing the feedback with him that, you know, that's so interesting that you say that because that's part of our appreciative feedback for you today is, is that we noticed that. And it's one of the things we love most about you is you're comfortable, you're authentic and you're not, you, and, and, and we said to him, we said, you know, you, you realize, or you ought to stop and think about this. You are influencing an entire generation of future leaders in your organization and you're training them through the behavior you're modeling that, Hey, you just be yourself. Like, don't pretend like, don't fake it. Like wear what you want to wear. Act like you, I mean, within reason, right? Act like, like there's, you don't need to be all arrogant, egotistical and trying to impress me. You're like, you're raising an entire, influencing an entire generation of future leaders, you know, who are moving their way up through the ranks of leadership in, in your fortune 50 company who are seeing, oh, you can do that at that level, that senior level. And, um, and, and so I, it, the, the part of our job, what I do for a living, that's most exhausting is working with leaders who are trying so hard to be someone they're not. They're trying so hard to impress someone. They're trying so hard to um, convince people that they deserve their spot. You know what I'm talking about? Like, can you relate to this? 
And and it's easy for us to think about others in the in, in this way and not look in the mirror. And I will tell you, this is one of the reasons perhaps this is on my mind is I've tried. This has been a priority of mine because you know how intense it is to get paid. Um, You know, we charge a a decent amount to go in and work with these large corporations and we're working with the biggest companies in the world. And we're in the room with the senior executives of these these major companies. And it, it, it can be very easy throughout throughout my years of doing this. It can be, it can be, it is easy to go in and try to, try to impress them, try to prove to them that you're worth the money they're paying, the investment, the time on the agenda they're giving you, the attention. And I, in in the last, and this is true ever since I um, left the firm, the corporate world that I used to live in and and doing what I do now and where I don't feel the pressure, like, okay, if this business goes away, that's okay. Cause there's another client we told no to and call them back and we can put them on, you know, whatever. So there there's, I I don't need this account. I don't have to work with this leadership team. This, this agreement doesn't need, like, it's okay if it doesn't happen. So that gives you a total freedom, right? Naval Ravikant, who you all have heard me quote quite a bit in the last year, you know, he said one of the greatest addictions that exists in our society is the salary and income. Isn't that true? Because if I'm committed to the salary, that means I have to put up with your bad behavior. It means I really need the paycheck from this job. And if I'm really concerned about losing it and you all that, that I spent a lot of my life in that position. And especially when you're young, when we're younger, that's the case. But if we learn to live beneath our means and if we learn to not change our lifestyle as our income or investments increase, and I am not like by the world's definitions, I'm not some wealthy dude living in, you know, some, some um, luxury state to, to a good chunk of, of the world's population I am. And so are you, by the way, you fit into that category. You are incredibly wealthy in whatever situation you're in. If you own a home and you've got cars and you've got whatever, like you're incredibly wealthy, but you know, keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak. Um, I, I, I don't want you, I don't want it to come across or any of you to think, oh, well, that's easy for Russ to say he's like way on this other end of the, the income or financial. No, no, I'm not. Um, but I, I have chosen a path, um, of living beneath our means and, and, uh, not changing lifestyle as income has changed. Right. And so you get to a place where you're not addicted to a salary. You need income, right? You, but at the same time, it's okay. Is this making sense? So when, when you aren't addicted to that, it, you tend to have more freedom and, uh, and you're more comfortable in, in your skin. And so I want to, I want to share with you a couple of quotes. I'm going to connect this to a book that I read a few years ago that, um, it's pretty dry overall, but the premise of this book, the beginning of this book is off the charts. Good. I think I mentioned it in a podcast a few years ago. It's called The Road to Character by David Brooks. David Brooks is a, a columnist for the New York Times. He he, he writes political co- uh, columns, and which makes him controversial. Half the world hates him. The other world, uh, half the world loves him. Uh, it's his job to be controversial. But he wrote a book about kind of his faith journey, The Road to Character by David Brooks. Again, a dry book. I'm not recommending it necessarily to you unless you want to check out the beginning. Maybe you'll enjoy the whole book, but... Let me read, let me, I'm going to read like five or six paragraphs. So just roll with me here for a few minutes while I read. And then I'm, then I'm going to summarize why I shared this. And I think it's connected to the answer this senior executive gave in our coaching call today. Here's David Brooks. Occasionally, 
Even today, you come across certain people who seem to possess an impressive inner cohesion. They're not leading fragmented, scattershot lives. They have achieved inner integration. They're calm, settled, and rooted. They're not blown off course by storms. They don't crumble in adversity. Their minds are consistent and their hearts are dependable. Their virtues are not the blooming virtues you see in smart college students. They are the ripening virtues you see in people who have lived a little and have learned from joy and pain. Like that's just the first paragraph. How good is that? Right? Like you probably need to skip back 30 seconds and listen to that again. Uh, But I'm not going to repeat it. We're going to go on. Sometimes David Brooks um, from the road to character here. I'm going to read a few more paragraphs here. Sometimes you don't even notice these people because while they seem kind and cheerful, they're also reserved. They possess the self-effacing virtues of people who are inclined to be useful, but don't need to prove anything to the world. Humility, restraint, reticence, temperance, respect, and self and soft self-discipline. They radiate a sort of moral joy. They answer softly when challenged harshly. They are silent when unfairly abused. They are dignified when others try to humiliate them, restrained when others try to provoke them, but they get things done. They perform acts of sacrificial service with the same modest everyday spirit they would display if they were just getting the groceries. They're not thinking about what impressive work they are doing. They are not thinking about themselves at all. They just seem delighted by the flawed people around them. They just recognize what needs doing and they do it. They make you feel funnier and smarter when you speak with them. They move through different social classes, not even aware, it seems, that they're doing so. After you've known them for a while, it occurs to you that you've never heard them boast. You've never seen them self-righteous or doggedly certain. They aren't dropping little hints of their own distinctiveness and accomplishments. They have not lived lives of conflict-free tranquility, but have struggled toward maturity. They have gone some way, they've gone some way toward solving life's essential problem which is the line separating good and evil passes not through states nor between classes nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart. These are the people who have built a strong inner character, who have achieved a certain depth. In these people, at the end of the struggle, the climb to success has surrendered to the struggle to deepen the soul. These are the people we are looking for. Wow. Like, can you relate to that? That is, man, I I remember when I first read this part of the book, The Road to Character, um, how strongly it hit me. And, and I'm, it's on my mind today because of this call, because why is it so attractive? Why is it so enjoyable? Why does it stand out? This leader who we were on the phone with today, his answer and the fact that we're noticing it too. It's because this describes him.
This is who he is. Not perfect, but he's experienced joy and pain. He struggle. And, and he like, I, I, yeah, there's so much in there. And isn't that the goal? I mean, I, when I read that, I think of so many weaknesses I have so in so many ways that I'm flawed and not yet achieving what I just read to you. And yet that's who I want to be. That's who I'm desperately trying to become. And, um, and I just, I, 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 it's on my mind today. And I, I just wanted to share, I wanted you to think about it. I, I think there's this great conflict and this is part of the premise of David Brooks book is this premise uh, or this, uh, this, this battle in society and it's happening all around us. You see, there's, there's one segment of our society that, um, that is really considering they, they are spending their energy on considering how the world needs to change to better serve them. And there's another part of our society, of our world, the world around us that is spending their energy considering how they need to change to better serve the world they live in. See the difference? So many of the noises, so much of what we come across in social media, the media, different areas around us is people who are very vocal about how the world needs to change to better serve them, to get aligned with their worldview, with their needs, with their weaknesses or their choices or whatever you want to call it. Like the world, that their energy is all focused on how everyone out there and everyone around them needs to adjust and shift and change and what they need to do differently to better serve them. And then there are these other people, the type that David Brooks is describing that are spending their energy thinking, how do I need to be better, different? How do I need to shift? What, where, where am I not yet who I want to become? I used to, when I, when, when this podcast was called the decide to lead podcast, when I first launched it years ago, I used to open up the show by saying, this is the, the podcast for those people who aren't yet the person they want to become. It still is, by the way, I don't say that anymore, but why else would you listen to a podcast about leadership or growing and development? Why, why, why wouldn't you listen to another? And I, by the way, I listen to some of these like a crime podcast or an entertainment or a political show or whatever. You'd spend all your time doing that. But why would you listen to something like this or read certain books or like David Brooks book or any business or self-help or whatever, or read anything spiritual or meditate? Why, why would you do any of that unless you are trying to become who you, you, you were putting effort into who you want to become? You're not yet that person. And I just think that the, the most, the people who seem to be most at peace, like this senior executive. Like he's trying to think about that. You ask somebody at his level. And if I could tell you the industry and the company and the cool crud, this person oversees and deals with and places that he travels and all that he over, like it's insane. And I did not expect, like I thought he'd be talking about when we asked him, what do you enjoy most about your career, where you're at right now, the job you've got, where the, the level of success that you've achieved. I thought he would go to, man, you wouldn't believe the places I get. Like he would describe some of those cool things. And instead his response without any thought, like instantly when we asked the question, he, it was already on his mind. He went right there, which is, I think I'm getting closer to being a hundred percent authentic. 
being who I really am and showing who I'm trying to become and, and comfortable. I'm not trying to prove to anybody else. And when, when, when we're doing that, in my opinion, it's because we're putting effort into how we're, we're not, we're not as focused on how everyone else around us needs to change and be better and be different and how the world needs to accommodate us. I mean, we still do that because guess what? We're these things called humans. And so we can't, unless you're stinking Mother Teresa's twin sister listening right now, you know, you, you, you have not achieved this, this state of perfection on this. You, you, we, we, the rest of us, yeah, we have moments like that and a lot of them and every day. But we're trying, we're putting our effort into, man, how can I be better? I, did, uh, I, I screwed up royally. Like things weigh on us. We're trying to be different in that way or whatever. But the people who have the most inner peace, not satisfaction, because they're not satisfied with where they're at yet. And the people who have the most inner peace are, are, are those that, in my opinion, it's the same as what David Brooks says, are those that are um, trying to change, trying to adjust, trying to do something different. And they're focused their energy on, on themselves, how they need to adjust. And the people who are most unsettled, the people who are most angry, the people who are most emotional, who are having the most struggles in our society are those that are just bitter that the world around them is not changing fast enough to accommodate them. Interesting, isn't it? Something to think about. Who are we? Well, how would people describe us? Where could we be better? How could we improve in these areas? Little less ego, little more humility, little more listening, little less talking, little more, um, a, a little more striving to, to change, a little less judgment, right? All these sorts of things. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this because I suck at it and I'm, and I'm working at it. And, uh, and I have experienced the peace that comes when, when I'm showing up better this way, when I'm leaning more into it. And, uh, and I've experienced the, the frustration, the arrogance, the ego, the, the being unpleasant around others when, when I'm more focused on how they need to be different than I need to be different. So, so what's on my mind and what I wanted to talk about in this episode.